When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so episode 404 with Ms. Claire Lopez. And um, so the woman that put Claire and I in touch, Alice Butler Short, passed away two days ago. And it's a huge bummer. I was blessed to know Alice for for about two months. I only knew her for two months. And it was uh, it made me think of that Buddhist quote, um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. When the student is truly ready, the teacher will disappear. And it just, it seems odd that someone came into my life that was so impactful for just eight weeks and then gone that I, I can't help think that there was a purpose yeah. behind it. Alice, Alice was a wonderful friend uh, to me um, from Ireland, but, but a real American patriot. She knew the meaning uh, of American exceptionalism, she embraced it, um, and and led uh, uh, groups, uh, patriotic groups, you know, in our area, which is the D.C. capital area, uh, which is how I came to know her. Um, but just the the loveliest lady you ever want to meet, um, lively and and um, just uh, full of life. Uh, and it's it's a terrible loss um, that she's now gone and not with us anymore. Yeah, yeah, it, it's so weird because she and I always texted, and you know, I remember her saying she was like, "Yeah, like you know, I was in the hospital." She's like, "I'm out now." Like I, she's like, "You know, it still kind of hurts," but she's like, "I'm just resting now." And I was like, "Okay, like glad to hear it." And like, and then she kind of just she like didn't respond, which isn't like her. And I found out she, you know, things had gotten worse. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I was like, she'll get better. And then it just kind of, it just didn't get better. And it was very weird because it was like our last texts were like, her. she's like, I'm out. She's like, I'm going to be up and ready to go in a couple more days. And she's like, I'm getting ready for 2024. And I was like, I was like, awesome. And then it just kind of, I don't know. It's very, it's very odd. It's very, it's very weird. I don't know. It's uh, definitely kind of. Yeah, I, I I can't say I know exactly you know what what took her down, but um, from what I understand, she she fought hard uh, yeah. to live. Um, she loved life, yeah. uh, but whatever it was uh, was was too strong, and uh, she succumbed. Yeah, it's um, well, if anyone if anyone can. She she deserves to rest. Alice lived a good life. The little I knew her, she lived a good life. Um, again, for everybody listening, I am I'm dog sitting for a friend, so obviously don't have the studio mic and camera, and uh, so apologize for that. Um, because we're not we're only doing a half hour. We won't jump into other the any of the big topics we hit on last week. But I did want to ask you, what do you think about right now? You know, it's kind of moving from conspiracy theory to it might become reality. COVID passports. What are your thoughts on that, Claire? Uh, I think it is entirely unconstitutional. It's un-American. 
Um, I think that there is already gathering very strong pushback to even the concept of doing such a thing across the United States among citizen patriots. Uh, and I, I, I can't imagine uh, that this will be allowed to go forward. Yeah, because like Governor DeSantis is he he's issuing an executive order to not follow it. And with Florida and Texas, isn't it weird, though, how how both the, they're not seeing spikes in cases? They followed their governors, Governor Greg Abbott in Texas and and Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida, followed very different uh, paths than than other states did. And while many other states were still locked down and masks everywhere, and uh, they opened up and they said, um, you know, business needs to be open. Kids need to be in school. And what happened their cases uh, went down. Hmm. Um, now, uh, there are a lot of questions about how you count cases, of course, too. And, you know, whether the commonly used test uh, is even valid or, or whether a whole bunch of the supposedly positive tests are actually false positives. I think you probably know, and maybe listeners do too, um, how they do these tests. They, they, they get a sample, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, because... The, the virus tends to be so minuscule uh, in the sample, they spin it up in the laboratory and they augment it. Mm-hmm. PCR. Um, and, and, and augment it and, and uh, you know, take it up through cycle after cycle after cycle until they get enough virus to say, oh, look, there's virus. It's a positive test. <laughs> By which point it's completely meaningless yeah. because the virus wasn't even um, sufficient enough to cause a positive test. Uh, at the lower levels of, of, of these cycles. So, uh, you know, the counting is, is, is just completely bogus. And then, of course, we've got the Centers for Disease Control, if they've got even a shred of credibility left, which perhaps not. But uh, on their own website uh, months ago, um, they uh, at the end of last year, they had already admitted on their website that barely 6% of the total numbers earlier counted as cases of this uh, CCP virus, only 6% uh, of, of the mortality of the deaths actually were attributable to the virus and only the virus. Mm-hmm. Not a heart attack, not morbid obesity, not a stroke, not a motorcycle accident, not an infected hangnail, but just the virus, 6%. So the true numbers um, of of those uh, that that actually succumbed to the virus and only the virus, the CDC on its website says it's six percent of the total number. So, who knows what to believe anymore? But certainly not the CDC. Yeah, it's get it, it's getting weird. Um, tomorrow, I'm having on a former FBI guy who I've had on here before, and we're, he's going to talk about COVID fraud. And then after that, I'm having on. Uh, Dr. Hodkinson, a Cambridge doctor who has been scrubbed from the internet every time he has a video. He's a very esteemed uh, CV is insane talking about COVID and he's saying, you know, you know, he's like COVID's real, it's a thing. People get sick and they die. And he was like there's two ways to go about this. You do a 14-day lockdown at gunpoint or you do nothing. 
because he was like, there is no middle ground. You can't do it with a virus. It will do this. We can keep doing this this partial lockdown for centuries. Nothing will happen. And obviously, because well, we can't do it. I mean, there is a middle ground. And, and that middle ground are the many prophylactics and therapeutics that have been developed over this past year. Um, they include... Uh, cheap, effective, and proven safe drugs, mm-hmm. hydroxychloroquine, uh, ivermectin, budesonide, treatments like uh, monoclonal antibody treatments, um, and of course, vaccines. Well, if they actually were truly vaccines and not uh, genetic uh, experimental treatments, but there are uh, things in the middle. You don't have to either lock down, uh, which has never been done before, by the way, and it, it obviously doesn't work, or nothing. There, there's plenty you can do in the middle, um, but for reasons that can be discussed, um, a lot of those other other remedies uh, have been um, suppressed. Yeah, it, it, the whole thing is – it's. To, to use a, I guess, kindergarten vernacular, it's stinky. There's some something doesn't, and I say this as a biology major, someone that's gotten a medical school and pharmacy school and published research, it's on PubMed, it's on the National Institutes of Health. I've done my, obviously I'm not a physician, and I'm not going to try to even make a remote claim that I am, but I have some understanding. It seems very odd that, you know, the vaccine, well, one, this isn't Ebola. This isn't something with a 99% lethality rate, right? Well, 50% for Ebola, but okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Well, nu- not a nuclear weapon, right? Okay, even 30, 50. 40, 50. Yeah. We'll say 50. We'll say 40, whatever. Let's say 25% lethality. This isn't that, right? It's 99.9897% uh, survival rate. Furthermore, so it's not even that this thing is just like a heartless, like, you know, biblical killer on one hand. And on the other hand... The vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting it, and it doesn't prevent you from transmitting it. So the only analogy and apparently I can... it doesn't prevent you from re um, uh, re uh, what re catching reinfecting mm-hmm. with the virus either. Yeah. So just let's just point out because everything I just said that's not a conspiracy. That that statistic is from the CDC. The survival rate. And the vaccine, the the four Moderna, AstraZeneca, and whatever the other ones are, Johnson and Johnson, Johnson and Johnson, um, and uh, Pfizer. Pfizer. So none of this is a conspiracy. These are all facts. It doesn't prevent you from getting it. It doesn't prevent you from transmitting it. So the only analogy I can think of in my head is COVID is a let's just call it a, a contagious headache. We'll just use that. So let's say it's a contagious headache. You get it. You get a migraine. Whatever. This doesn't stop you from getting the headache, and it doesn't stop you from transmitting the headache. So really what it is is Tylenol. But it's not even Tylenol because Tylenol is tried and true and proven. This is a brand new painkiller for a semi, for a contagious headache that, sure, kills some people, but 99.8% of people don't die. So when you add up all those things, it's not a biblical plague. It doesn't prevent you from getting it, and it doesn't prevent you from transmitting it. Yet it's being pushed on everyone, coordinated across all global media. Man, at the risk of, you know, strapping on my tinfoil hat, something doesn't add up. Is, is this just a money grab or is this just never let a crisis go to waste? Is this just power? Well, I, th- I mean, I think it's a combination of things, right? So um, in the beginning and even now, I, I think there is not a full good understanding of what this virus actually is. 
Part of that is a failure uh, to honestly investigate its origins. WHO has been remiss. Um, I mean, that's putting it uh, kindly. Um, owned and operated by the Chinese Communist Party would, would be a more honest way of putting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so lack of, of good knowledge about what this is and where it's going, you know, what what its actual genetic sequence truly <laughs> is, how that is, has been, will be uh, mutating. Uh, there, there's a lack of, of good knowledge about those things. Um, number two, uh, you mentioned don't ever let a good crisis go to waste. Um, and obviously, uh, this this crisis here in the United States and elsewhere around the world too uh, has been used as as a power grab by petty tyrants at the local level, uh, you know, city, town, uh, state level, uh, to grab power, um, to 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 uh, control people's lives in 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 a you know a micro managerial way, um, very Marxist, obviously, um, and then. Uh, you know, the final thing is is probably the money and, and the humongous amounts of money that are to be made from these vaccines. And well, what if it does mutate some more? Well, we're going to need another vaccine or two or three or four. Um, I mean, you can just you can just hear the cash register clinking uh, every, every time it's mentioned. Yeah. So uh, it's it's all of the above. Yeah, it, it it seems like it's a it's a new it seems like it's a 21st century take on the uh, military industrial complex, right? Well, as the threat moves, we're going to need new weapon systems, right? We're going to need to meet the Soviets in Afghanistan and Vietnam and in space and in the ocean. Like it's just you know, ching ching ching. It seems like that's what's going on. The one thing that worries me more than anything is just the shifting of the Overton window and the shifting of what is acceptable. You know, 14 days to flatten the, that will never happen. They're not going to shut down the country. Are you kidding me? We might need another month. You can't go to church. You can't do this. You got to get a vaccine. You got going on and on and on. My concern is is this is going to keep slipping and slipping and slipping. And then it's going to be with vaccine passports. You can't do X, Y, and Z. And there's only so many businesses left because because COVID's destroyed everything. That very soon it's going to be well, your passport isn't up to date. You didn't get the newest vaccine, and then it's going to slip from COVID to another variant to another variant, and it's going to be years down the road, and we're going to be daisy chaining from one thing to the next. It's going to be a long game of telephone to where no one's even going to remember where it began, and next thing you know, you're just going. To, it's going to be we're going to be socially conditioned that. You got to get your yearly shots from the government. And who well, the hell knows? I'm, I'm happy to say that in state after state now, we are seeing um, governors and legislatures of principle, uh, as well as citizen patriots, um, beginning to react. Mm-hmm. Um, we can look at a state we've mentioned, uh, like Florida, um, where a very common sense, strong principled leader in Governor DeSantis. Uh, is actually leading that state mm-hmm. um, in 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 bucking uh, all all of that Marxist tyranny that's slipping down over us. Mm-hmm. Other states are doing the same thing, and I think we're going to see more and more of that. And that is the answer at the local level. Mm-hmm. Um, the answers are not going to come out of Capitol Hill inside the Beltway, um, despite some very good people up there, um, there are a number uh, mm-hmm. of very good people. There is a number of very good people up there. 
Um, but but the answer to all of this is is really going to be at the state level and below counties, districts, cities. Um, that that is where the reassertion of our constitutional republic is, is already now beginning to take shape. Mm-hmm. And do you think we're going to see a further uh, sort of deviation where we're going to have California and Texas kind of slipping further and further into these weird communist techno dystopias? And are we going to have Texas and uh, Florida flourishing? Are we going to is this is this just going to be the biggest red pill ever? Well, let's see what happens in California. Of course, um, you know, they've got the recall of Governor Gavin Newsom going on um, and Governor Newsom going on. And uh, they've got enough uh, verified signatures now to put this on the ballot this year. Uh, he very well could be recalled. Um, you'll have seen, um, you know, that former ambassador to Germany and then later the acting uh, director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell, has sort of been teasing about whether he will, will he, won't he run for governor to uh, take uh, Newsom's place. Um, you know, maybe there's hope for California yet. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Texas has got a whole bunch more issues that it's got to deal with and Governor Abbott. And that, of course, uh, has to do with the invasion uh, of the border mm-hmm. uh, coming up uh, from the south over over the border with the complete collapse um, of, of the federal level uh, of, of, uh, of the United States Department of Homeland Security. Uh, customs and border protection, not the men and women of those agencies, I mean to say, but the orders given to them to stand down and let the invasion uh, happen. Um, So Texas has got to deal with that more than any other state, probably Arizona too. Um, But but the biggest numbers I think are, are, are coming across in Texas um, so a lot of lot of crises going on here at the same time, aren't there? Mm-hmm. Do you think what's going? And it's, again, another not just to kind of beat another drum, but I mean, right? You, you you can't go in a food line without you know like a burka wrapped over your face. But then when it comes to the border, everyone just we just turn off COVID part of reality. We just say that doesn't exist anymore. We come on in, just tra- everyone come on in. But if I go into Walmart without a mask on, I'm killing everybody's grandma. It's <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But but you can see now what the hierarchy of objectives are, right? Mm-hmm. Or what the hierarchy of objectives is, um, and that 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 means that for the Democrat Party, um, <laughs> the ones you know in control right now of our federal agencies, uh, the number one top priority for them is get into the country a flood of more of what they hope will be one day future Democrat Party voters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, virus and, and, and um, you know, health concerns uh, regarding the virus definitely have slipped to at least second place, if not further down the list. It's far more important to them now in this window as they see it, this small window uh, before the backlash really kicks in, um, certainly with elections, midterm uh, elections next year in 2022. But in this window, I think the Democrat Party leadership, Marxist, communist that they are, sees uh, an opportunity um, 
you know, that, that, that won't be with them for very long, that they've, they've got to accomplish as much as they possibly can, ramming things through Congress, uh, opening the border, flooding the country. And the virus, well, you know, they'll, they'll worry about that later. But for right now, it's get these people in, get them in, get them in by the thousands, by the millions as fast as we can, uh, because uh, in their hope anyway, uh, they may later uh, be fast-tracked to a citizenship status. And boy, maybe they can even vote next year, you know? <laughs> <coughs> yeah, it's... <coughs> Yeah, it kind of seems like, you know, it almost seems like the Kalergi plan coming to life, right? And it's, and of course, you can't criticize it because it's going to be twisted as, why are you anti-immigrant? This country was built on immigrants. I've, two of my best friends are from are from Kosovo and uh, Bulgaria. It took seven years to get their green cards. And, they're the and most, they waited in line, didn't they? And they did it legally, didn't and they? And they are diehard right? patriots. They love this country more than, because they remember war. They remember war. Uh, mm -hmm. One guy, my friend Prince from uh, Kosovo, his dad had both his arms and legs broken during the Serbian War for being a journalist. And, you know, he comes here and he's, America, what is great about this is you don't have this. And it's like, so when I see that, I'm sorry, I know the dog's barking. Um, when I see that, that's what makes me so upset because that's who you're stealing it from. The people who waited in line and yeah. did it right. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. And and I can understand how upset they are. But here's, here's something interesting. When you look at other first-generation Americans, and in particular among the Hispanic population, um, those of them who came in legally waited their turn, like you said, sometimes waiting for years to get their papers, um, you know, processed and through the, through the entire a procedure, and then proudly to raise their hand and become citizens, um, they, maybe more than anybody else, resent the line jumpers, the ones who are being allowed in now to cut the line. Mm -hmm. um, and so I am not completely sure, um, uh, you know, how the sentiment uh, may go among even those populations the Democrats might be counting on for support. Uh, when you actually talk to some of these people, again, first generation American immigrants who did it legally, they don't want any part of the line jumping that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and the other thing is, this country was not built on immigrants. It was founded by settlers and pioneers. Immigrants came later, and those who came legally contributed mightily to this country. Yeah. But it's it's not right to say that the country was built on immigrants, uh, legal or illegal. It was built on the pioneers and the settlers and the founding fathers. Mm -hmm. That's what laid down the basis for this country. Yeah. Many things came afterward, including lots of legal immigration. Yeah. Um, but it's got to be legal. And that's the difference. Uh, if we are to be a, a constitutional republic of law and order, then those laws have to be enforced. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and one of the, I mean, one of the absolute first characteristics of a nation state is borders that are enforced. Yeah. You don't have a border. You don't have a country. You don't have yeah. a country otherwise, just like you don't have yeah. a home or a neighborhood. Yeah. It, uh, it's, and that's just kind of another thing you, you know, you can hide behind because you can't criticize it. The second you start, you know, well, how come they're bringing in millions of illegal, and, oh, you racist Nazi, you just don't want, and it's like, dude, well, I mean, what the hell? 
So I don't know. It it seems like it's all spiraling downwards, but I also try not to focus on that. I try to think that there's, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, and there's going to be some positive that comes out of this. And maybe it's, you know, what better example than to see what happens when you let these policies go unchecked versus what happens when you have a Texas or a Florida stand up and go against it. I think that there can be benefits to come from this. Maybe I'm just idyllic. I know I am. No, I think you're I think you're making a very good point. And, and that is part of the pushback that I'm seeing the organization at the local level. Um, in terms of um, working with school boards, working with local politicians, working on uh, legislation to either propose new and better legislation or reform existing legislation at the state legislative level. Mm -hmm. This is going on in states all over the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you're right um, to look, you know, in a positive way on on some of this pushback. It'll take a while. It's going to take a lot of effort. Uh, but we're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to save the republic. Yes, we are. Goddamn right. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm doe-eyed positive. I'm like, everything's fine, and I. And I need. Uh, I need you to sometimes bring me back down. Um, before, so we got. We got five more minutes. And again, for everybody listening, I. Uh, I am dog sitting. I'm sorry for the dogs barking, and I feel like shit, so I'm not on my A game. So. Um, one thing I really would like, and I wasn't just saying this to be nice, I would I would legitimately like to hear your, you know, perhaps next week, your thesis on uh, Siberia, on the resources in oh, Siberia. Well, when I, when I wrote my master's thesis, I was at the Maxwell School of Syracuse University, uh, and my advisor, my thesis advisor, um, was a Russia-focused um, specialist uh, professor. Um, but in particular, the focus was about... Um, uh, you might say geographic um, matters. And so my thesis is actually about uh, the economic potential, the natural resources of Siberia. That's what it was about. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I, I think that would be an awesome episode. It's just because that's something I don't know anything about. And, you know, I've explained this to people before, you know, Tommy, what is your podcast about? I mean, truly at the base form is I like finding people who are passionate about anything. And I like talking to that. I like talking to those people and hearing those things, whatever it's about, because there's something that you can't fake or uh, fabricate or synthesize. It's 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 you, you, you can't you can't get that anywhere else. And I think that's interesting. And I, it's because that's something that I never really or at least as I'm getting older, I'm looking at it more and more, you know, early on. It's it's all just, oh, money and borders and there's good and there's bad in the end. And everyone who's in jail is purely evil and everyone who's a leader is purely angelic and that's it. And as I get older, that model, you know, deteriorates more and more. And as I look further and further, I start to, I think it was the comedian Tim Dillon. He was like, you know, it's probably the most unsexy thing is like you become president and you go in there and you talk to all the generals and you're in the bunker and you realize that everything is really just based around like conserving trade lines <laughs> and there's like not much more making sure you got nukes pointed at the enemy and make sure you got an open path to all the timber and the, the minerals and the oils. But that's one thing that I'm kind of getting more interested in the older I get is like, or again, like Elon Musk said on uh, Joe Rogan, he was like, the lockdowns can't go forever. You can't just legislate money and say it's all going to be good. He's. I think the meme is, uh, he says, if no one's making any stuff, there is no stuff. 
Like, it's very easy to get, you know, you get lost and you just go to the store. There's bananas at the store. That's what it is, right? I order a hoodie. It comes in the mail. The end. I, I plug in the laptop. The laptop works. Here's Claire at the end. You don't have to think about any, but we do live in a physical reality. We are on a spherical rock. There are things that we use to this computer out of rare earth metals and all the fabrications and the lights and the electricity and this. It's real and everything we do is based off physical things. And it's what used to be boring to me is that's kind of becoming like sexier and sexier is the realization that like it's not like the 1700s where like keeping big patches of like forest was part of national security because we use the trees for ships of the line for like the Queen's Navy or our Navy. And it seems so removed because now it's all we have aircraft carriers. and but, But it's like it all still comes out of the ground. And I know what I'm saying just sounds moronic, but maybe it's just the realization that like it really is the world is like a big video game and there are resources that different countries are on and we're plotting to get them so in conclusion that's why i would like to hear your your siberian we, we can talk about it more next week and and indeed in the years since i wrote that um you know <laughs> geopolitical realities in that region of the far east have changed and so all of that can now you know feed into our discussion yeah maybe next week okay okay and again, Claire, I'm I'm sorry I'm not at my A game. I feel like Oh, much. <laughs> I wish you a speedy recovery. I hope you feel better soon. Thank you so much. Next week we'll get back into it with a full length episode. I've I've got complaints from people about last week being a short episode. I know I'm gonna get complaints this week because more and more people, believe it or not, they tune in for Claire Lopez, not for me. So I we're gonna get back to full length episodes next week because I am a vessel for them to reach you. I don't think I'm important. I think I'm. I, they can discard me. I'm well, a... I thank you for the platform, for the, for, the, for the platform that lets us both reach all of your audience. So thank take you. care of yourself, and, and we'll talk again next week. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. God bless, and rest in peace, Alice. We love you. I know you're in Alice, heaven. Yeah. And uh, God thank bless you. America, and I'm going to make you proud, Alice. All right, Claire. All right. Take care. You too. Thank you very much.